0: Welcome to the Uncomplicated Leadership Podcast with Caleb and Chrissy Cole. Join us as we learn to lead together from the simple to the strategic. Our goal is helping you uncomplicate your leadership life. Hey, what's up? This is Chrissy Cole and...
1: Caleb Cole.
0: And we are here for another episode of the Uncomplicated Leadership Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us.
1: Yes, we are. For
0: another episode and... Um, to remind you all, this podcast is all about leadership and uncomplicating your leaderships from simple to strategic.
1: Try did that again. I say?
0: From simple to the strategic. There it is. Our goal is helping you uncomplicate your leadership life. <laughs> um, we're not saying that leadership is easy, but it can be less complicated than many of us make it. So we're so excited to jump in yet again. But before we jump in, we just want to remind you that you can follow us on uh, Instagram uncomplicated leadership podcast excuse me no it's just uncomplicated leadership or you can follow us obviously you got to our podcast so make sure that you subscribe to us there and hopefully yeah. in the near future you'll Spotify see us. iTunes <laughs> hopefully in the near future you'll see us on video
1: oh the YouTube
0: on the YouTube
1: and I am going to be sharing today with my entire face <laughs> numb uh, I just got couple fillings after not going to the dentist for 10 years <laughs> so uh in terms of leadership i don't know that i've been leading myself well as it relates to my teeth oh man and you but know that? no Babe. lie my whole face and my tongue is numb right or numb right now so if i sound weird that's why but it actually makes me think that when i'm with chrissy i can't feel my face when i'm <laughs> with you Stop it. And I. Oh, my uh, goodness. It. Oh, is it That's like good. It? And hey, I like it.
0: Real quick, this leadership principle is totally for free, for, but make sure that you take care of yourself. Don't wait 10 years before you go <laughs> to the dentist. But you know yes, what I did this morning? Idea. Caleb, you know what I did this morning? I don't think I even told you. Yes, I did, didn't I? I, I went in for some more imaging on my wrist with three torn ligaments, and I waited a yes. month. I waited a month to get this extra imaging, which is going to determine whether or not I get surgery. But I basically
1: Caleb and Chrissy (laughs) were I just turned 40 and Chrissy's about to turn 40 and we are looking forward to it. This is 40. Your bodies just start falling apart, apparently.
0: Yeah. But, you know, we're not going to speak that over ourselves. Just a quick for free leadership principle. Don't put yourself through (laughs) greater pain than you need to go through by not taking care of yourself. Yes, so last time,
1: last month, we talked about how leaders need communication. And obviously, this idea, this topic of communication is a massive one. I think there's so many elements to what communication looks like as a leader. And so last month was part one, and uh, we thought we'd continue this with leaders need communication part two. So that's what we're jumping into today. Uh, We all know that in marriage, often... And many people would say communication is the number one issue or challenge that couples have. I think in teams, organizations, uh, no matter where you are in the team, whether you're at the top or the bottom of the ladder, uh, we know that communication is key. And so we want to share just a couple more practical ideas of uh, why and how communication matters. So leaders need communication. I want to give you some practical tips. for the fir- So the first one is to be present i think this is one that is overlooked today in today's culture especially with social media and smartphones and devices and what i've realized is as a leader it's very easy to be distracted even when we're having uh important conversations let alone what we may perceive as meaningless or passing conversations And so I just wanted to challenge everyone out there that you'd be present. That includes when you're sitting in a meeting, but it also includes when you stop by someone's desk and have a quick passing conversation. Um, But having you know that just being present and, and showing that you care by engaging and having a basic conversation with someone actually helps us as leaders. It helps us as team members. It helps us to, uh, project to people that we care. We care about them. We care about what they're going through. We care about the minute details, minutiae of their lives. And so often today, we're just constantly distracted. And I've been really challenged by this, that I'd be more present. So I put my phone away, devices away during meetings. Um, even when I'm talking with people, my wife challenges me all the time. We'll be at dinner with people. And if I pick up my phone, she'll literally kick me under the table. She did it. In fact, last week, and uh, I actually appreciate that because it's a reminder for me like, hey, be present, don't be distracted because how we act matters and it, it tells people something.
0: Yeah, it's easy to say tells and tell people you need to be present, but what, what do you think is the reason why people have a hard time being present?
1: Well, I think that we're living in an age of distraction and so our brains have been hardwired to need to pick up our phone, you know, how many times... I know there's all these statistics about how many times people pick up their phones every day. And um, this, these dopamine hits of of notifications, whether it be text or Instagram notifications, um, This our brain is being hardwired to be distracted. And so I think we have to be intentional uh, in today's culture, especially with smartphones and the devices that we have with us constantly, that we are present with the people around us, present at work, present with those that we work with, present with those that work under us, or beside us, or above us, uh, to show them that we care about them. Uh, we care about having a passive conversation with them, even if it's meaningless and it's not important. But but it's still showing them that we care about their lives.
0: Yeah, I think that's accurate. I don't always think though that it's the culture. Sometimes I think that when you are unable to be present, there's questions that you probably have to ask yourself. That's keeping you from being present. Okay. Because we'll take that it deeper. Always go. We need to get a little bit deeper <laughs> than just saying the culture is a problem and we're all we're all um victims of the culture. I think that there's deeper questions that we need to ask of what is keeping us from being present with the people around us. Um and why we feel like we need social media, why we feel like we need the likes from the um yeah from the instagram or the social media why we need the the responses or why we need the escape why do we need to escape when we can't be present with the people around us is it sometimes the issues around us and the people that we should be serving are have deeper issues that we don't know how to serve so we escape you know
1: this this is a deep conversation maybe next month you dive in deep so why is it hard to be present? As I people?
0: think that it's more than a um cultural issue. I think yeah. there's an internal um I
1: wasn't just saying culture, I'm saying we've been brainwashed. Yeah, totally. Our brains have been hardwired differently into the in in this world not because of culture because of literally what it's done to our brain these devices.
0: Right. And that's what I'm saying. The culture and what the c- culture has produced and the t- technology that it has created, I don't want to just blame it on that because I think those are such great But you can blame it on that. (laughs) No, not completely. (laughs) But I think it's an important question to ask, which would lead us. Oh, actually, that's not for another couple, (laughs) another couple um, principles down, but um, be present, be present, but ask yourself why you're not being present.
1: Go in different order. Go ahead.
0: Okay, well, then I feel like this leads us to the next principle of leaders needing communication um, and how we should communicate. What we can do better is ask more questions. You're the
1: queen of challenging me with this. you know. Uh, <laughs> you think Chrissy, I was an
0: Enneagram 8, but I am not.
1: Uh, I am a 7-Wing 8, but Chrissy often says to me that you just talk and share and try to correct and fix because that's what I do, I think, as a man, as someone who's led an organization or some area of an organization for many years that I just like, okay, here's the solution. Here's how you fix it. But my wife's been really challenging me to ask more questions. And that means asking the right questions. And so I think a key of communication is that we do ask questions. And it's something that I'm not always great at because I want to just identify the solution and give it to them and say, okay, now go fix it. Rather than helping them to get there on their own. And uh, it's something that I think you're better at than me.
0: No, I actually think that you let people solve their own problems. I think as an achiever if we're going to talk about our own issues (laughs) as an achiever, sometimes it's like you kind of want to rush past people's issues and why, and you want to rush past the questions so that you can just get to the achievement so you can get to the final product. So it's something that I'm guilty of as well. But I remember in college, I was a psychology minor and one of the most impactful classes I think I've ever had in school was a group counseling class. And what I learned in that class was the best way to ask questions. Mm. And oftentimes we as leaders, we as ministers, we as managers, whatever we are, or even in our own families as parents, oftentimes we try to take on that role of fixer. We feel the weight uh, and the responsibility of leading people. So we take it upon ourselves and we almost handicap the people that we're serving by not giving them an opportunity to have some self discovery, understand. I, I'm, I'm getting deep again. But essentially, the best thing I learned was how to ask questions. And you realize the best question, when you ask the best questions, some people will be led to their own help, helping themselves and um, self discovery and just getting well on their own, getting better on their own, becoming more productive, understanding their own hangups. Um, and then you don't put that pressure on yourself. Um, so anyways.
1: Yeah, I think that sometimes as a leader, I don't understand why people make the decisions they make. And I'm like, what are you thinking? Uh, so. That's a good question. The, no, no. <laughs> but, but that's not how you ask it. That's right. not the right question. How you would ask it is, and usually it's after a failure or something that went awry and it was like, man, I would not have done that is you sit down and you ask a question. Hey, help me understand the thought process that went into this decision making. Yeah, And then that way I'm learning about their process and how they process and what led them to that. And maybe actually the process that they had and why they made the decision they made was sound, but the result just came out different. Or maybe it wasn't. And then I can say, hey, here's how I maybe would have processed that differently. So it's not as accusatory, accusational, Where I'm like, why'd you make that mistake? It's help me understand your thought process that went into this, this decision that you made. And, and that's something that I've been trying to work on is just asking the right questions, better questions and asking questions in general, because it helps us know those that we lead or those that we work with mm-hmm. when we are able to identify even how they process in decisions and decision-making
0: you know oftentimes i think that this idea of asking the right questions is digging or gold in your people. And I feel like questions are refining and it brings really like talents to the top. So the cream of the crop rises from your team. And it's also a team building moment. You understand each other and then you know where to put the puzzle pieces of your team. So anyways, I think this is a great yeah, um, way to build team.
1: Yeah, third is, if uh, as it relates to leaders needing communication, is we need to Know when to adapt our communication style. I think we all have a, a natural communication style. I know I do. I know Chrissy does. I know that people on our team do. And for me, it's, it's something that I've had to learn to adapt with certain people. And what I mean is you have to gauge the people uh, that you work with or work over or work around. Because some people enjoy or, or like more of a direct style of communication Mm -hmm. others uh maybe for differing reasons whether it be trauma from their past or just their personality makeup they need something that's a little more i don't know soft i guess yeah gentle you need to handle them with 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 uh you know uh, with gloves somewhat uh and i don't think that's a bad thing i think that knowing our team Knowing those people we work around, whether it be someone above us, beside us, or below us, uh, we have to adjust to people. And that was something that I I think that I've learned along the way is that, man, each person on my team, just like, so we have three children, Chrissy and I, 10, 8, and 6. And I have to communicate with, with each of them, and Chrissy does too, differently because they all respond differently to differing approaches or communication styles. So I think kids actually really help me. Um, and then, you know, working with the staff for years now has helped me where I approach them each in differing ways.
0: Yeah, I think it's important because it's less about how you're communicating and more how you're understanding somebody. So you need to speak somebody's language in order to understand um, understand them. It's their their responses, the way they communicate back to you will just help you understand them more.
1: And this really connects to the fourth, which is... That we work on emotional intelligence, so talk to us about that, Chrissy. I know that emotional intelligence is something you're uh, you know you 're big on and you 've talked to me about before, and so I was just curious, you know, talk to me about how how hard it is to be emotionally intelligent and yet the importance of it
0: yeah, I think the issue of um, emotional intelligence is that yes it it can be difficult if you are unaware, (laughs) um, without self-awareness, emotional intelligence is, I feel like a nicer way of saying become more self-aware. Um, and I think oftentimes emotional intelligence is seen as, um, kind of a passive leadership style or, um, that it's, it's not, it's not as important, it's just is secondary to productivity. But really, I think it's the most imperative um, because emotional intelligence will um, help you understand how to become more productive and how to help people when they are under distress or pressure, how to handle yourself as a leader when you're feeling pressure and stressed. And so I, I believe that emotional intelligence Um, This is what Forbes magazine says. Let me just read it to you. Um, Emotional competencies are not innate talents, but rather learn capabilities that have to be worked on and developed over time. I mean, that in and of itself says how much work needs to go into emotional intelligence slash self-awareness. How do you see? I mean, I know I just said that it's self-awareness and emotional intelligence is similar to one another. It's essentially the same thing. I think
1: early on I saw emotional intelligence as uh, a softer side of leadership. Like all those leaders are soft, (laughs) you know, Um, because it's like, Oh, I just gotta be in touch with my emotions and everyone else's emotions. But actually, yeah, it's not soft leadership though. It's imperative leadership. It's wise leadership. It develops us into being the leaders that we need to be because We have to lead. We're leading people, Mm -hmm. right? And what comes with people is emotions, past hurts, uh, upbringings, nurture, mentalities. And so when we're able to identify uh, our own or grow in our own emotional intelligence and identify the emotions that other people are feeling or or experiencing, uh, we can feel that in the middle of a conversation and then we're able to better lead them and communicate with them. And so I think it really goes to the last part of today, number five of how leaders need communication. And that's that we exemplify empathy and, and emotional intelligence and empathy, I think go hand in hand. Uh, And empathy is not something that in the business world or on teams that we usually put a lot of stock in. And yet empathy for those that work for us or work around us is imperative to us, uh, being effective as a team, because guess what? People go through stuff. They have hard days. Uh, They are going through challenges in their marriages, uh, issues with their health. Uh, They're having problems with their children. Uh, Maybe there's family, you know, challenges going on outside of just even the immediate family. And I think that uh, so often we don't recognize That, man, people are often hurting. And when we see that and we have empathy towards them and for them, then we're able to love them through those hard seasons, which I believe will make them more loyal and committed to us um, in the long run.
0: Absolutely. I think, too, less than being loyal, it's to us or even an organization. I think it's more just helping somebody like our goal as leaders is not just to build our organization, it's to build people. Yeah, and no, long, no matter how long they're with you, um, it's important that when they leave, um, because, you know, there are necessary endings to everyone's season with you, and there's necessary endings to organizations that you may have started yourself. Um, it's important for us to go on to the next well. And so I think that empathy is important because when you understand others and their emotions, it'll help you start to begin to understand even yourself your emotions and i think it'll help you even grow in your emotional intelligence so it's like empathy and emotional intelligence kind of are um they they play off each other very closely so
1: yeah i heard uh or i read in an article they were saying that the words we say are 7% of communication and the rest is body language tone delivery and so as it relates to communication, empathy, leading people, like you said, it comes down to like, are we committed to being a good human being and being kind and loving to the other human beings around us? And if so, then we have to be mindful of everything we're portraying that's coming, at us from, coming out of us from a communication uh, standpoint. And that means I need to be more mindful, my wife said this to me, right, of my tone, of my demeanor of my body language of all of that and i think sometimes we can be so focused and i'm like this because i want to accomplish i want to meet goals right i want to move the the needle forward we can be so focused on achieving that in the process um we aren't present for the people that we're really called to build at the end of the day it's the people that we build around us, they're going to help move the needle forward, help us accomplish, help us grow, help us achieve. And so I think if we were more focused on the people that we work with on communicating well with those people, I think we would actually accomplish a lot more than if we just like,
0: we're the the slave driver. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Cracking the whip all the time. And we think that's what effective leadership looks like. It's not. And uh, and I want to be a leader that you know recognizes that
0: so i actually have heard it say that um the only thing worse than achieving is achieving alone maybe that's not exactly how it said but i I can't yeah i can't imagine um being on top of your game in your organization at the top of your leadership um, I feel like it would just all actually be a facade because if you've done it alone, then you've yeah. not done you've done it poorly with poor leadership, and it's only um, you know, <laughs> by the grace of God that He did anything through you. But we aren't intended. I I would even go as far to say that the success that you find that you accomplish on your own will not is not actually success.
1: It's good. So, hey, thanks for joining us for this week of, or this month of the leadership podcast, uh, uncomplicated leadership podcast from the simple to the strategic. Our goal is helping you uncomplicate your leadership life. Chrissy, it's always a pleasure. Uh, always. Thanks for communicating with me uh, as we talked about how leaders need communication. So we hope this helped you. If it did, be sure to, to share it, share it on your social media. Let people know you're listening to the uncomplicated leadership podcast. We really appreciate it. Love you guys. Love, Love you, y'all. Chrissy. Love you. Have a great day. And let's be. Uh,
0: Peace out. Happy fall.
1: Back to communicators. Bye. Have a great day. We hope
0: you enjoyed today's episode of the Uncomplicated Leadership Podcast with Caleb and Chrissy Cole.
1: Keep up with Caleb and Chrissy on Facebook and Instagram and CalebandChrissyCole.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast.